I love an espresso martini and I think it's kind of one of those like guilty pleasures um a lot of bartenders will kind of be like oh you know because it's just one of those drinks that when somebody sees it they instantly want one hello and welcome to best sips worldwide I'm your drinking companion Susan Schwartz an American travel writer living in London Thanks to my mother's love of martinis, the first words I spoke were shaken, not stirred, and I've been obsessed by the history of cocktails ever since. Through the years, I've been lucky enough to sip some of the best made by the best. Hear that sound? It's time to cozy up to the bar and let me introduce you to the movers and shakers of the world's most famous watering holes. Time to get rid of the idea that the only coffee drinks out there are the espresso martini and the white Russian. After listening to our guest today, Alex Nardella, the UK brand ambassador of Mr. Black, you'll be ordering and loving a coffee Negroni. I did. So it's a blend of three different single origin specialty coffee beans. Mm. So we do direct trade with all the farms. So it's kind of one step better than fair trade. So fair trade is a set market price. Direct trade is we're buying directly from the farmers. Um, at the moment, we're buying from Kenya, El Salvador, and Papua New Guinea. Um, but this kind of changes depending on the season and the time of the year. Um, so coffee being the seed of a fruit is seasonal and because we do have those relationships with the farmers we're able to go to them and be like hey what's good right now um, and then kind of that gives us a lot more kind of opportunity to play around and discover new coffees. Were the founders really big coffee drinkers beforehand? Kind of, so we've got two, two brands. we've got Philip Moore who's our distiller um, who, who ran a, Australia's largest like herb nursery for about 20 years before he started distilling and he's won loads and loads of awards um, for his distillation and then Tom Baker um, who's kind of like I guess the face of the brand I guess who used to be um, in industrial design and worked for loads of loads of big companies doing ad campaigns and things like that. So we had to stay up a lot of late nights (laughs) drinking coffee. Pretty much and he was kind of like you drink so much coffee during the day and then you go out at night why is it that at five o'clock people are kind of like oh no I can't have a coffee and then if they do, the coffee liqueurs that are available aren't actually using real coffee. Like especially, Ooh, yeah. Really? Um, a lot. A, like There are a few brands which are using real coffee. So Galliano Ristretto uses a blend of Robusta and Arabica. Um, St. George Nola will use uses real coffee as well as some chicory as well. Um, but a lot of other big brands will just use like coffee flavors and extracts. Um, whereas we're the opposite, where real coffee, no flavorings, no colorings, anything like that. Like we don't even filter it. So um, we were just kind of like really passionate about coffee and decided to make a boozy coffee that tasted like coffee. And um, of course, the most famous drinks are probably a um, an espresso martini mm-hmm. and that uses coffee. Yep. Um, and I guess. Uh, you know, Kahlua and cream, kind of. Yeah, like a white Russian, white like Russian, the dude, right. kind of big Lebowski. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I think, I think coffee liqueur kind of got a bad rap. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that coffee liqueurs in the past didn't really taste like coffee. It was more kind of like syrupy, kind of sweet, vanilla-y caramel kind of flavours. Um, whereas with Mr. Black, because it is real coffee, 
you have that you have the beautiful like chocolate caramel licorice tones but then you also have that bitterness that you get from coffee um so you can use it in so many different ways so like uh well hold on i'm gonna stop you there just for a second before we get into the cocktails um because i want to talk about you for a second um now you are australian and the product is australian yes is that just a A coincidence i think so so i I'm originally from Melbourne, Australia. Um, we make Mr. Black about an hour north of Sydney, um, the Australian Central Coast. So a different state, um, about a 12-hour drive apart. Um, and I was actually living in the UK um, before Mr. Black was even mm-hmm. anything. So um, I joined the company about a year ago, coming up to a year. Um, and yeah, I think it was just kind of a happy kind of coincidence. My friend um, Mitch, who now lives in LA, owns a bar in LA, but was working for Monkey Shoulder at the time, uh, originally worked for a distribution company in Australia. When he heard that Mr. Black was coming to the UK, he got in touch with me because he thought that I'd be a really good fit for the role. Um, so yeah, got in touch with me, passed my details on to Tom. Tom then got in contact with me. It was like three or four interviews I think <laughs> phone interviews and then face to face interviews and had well to your friend Mitch said you'd be good for this role mm-hmm. so obviously you had a you had a background in cocktails so why don't you yes. tell me a little bit about that uh, so I've been working in hospitality for <clears throat> as long as I can remember basically like I mean when I was a teenager I worked at McDonald's for like four and a bit years <laughs> I love that you call that hospitality yes. <laughs> well the training you get is, is actually really really good they like basically teach you really good ways of structuring everything um, and like fast efficient service which is great and my grandmother owned a tea rooms and gallery and a bed and breakfast so I'd help her out on the weekends and things like that um, and then when I was 19 um, I was working in an office but I got a part time job working in a drum and bass nightclub um, to save some extra money so that uh-huh. I could travel overseas. So when I was 21, I left Melbourne and I went to Mexico for a few months and then went to Peru. So you learned a lot about tequila and then a lot about pisco, <laughs> right? Yeah, I drank a lot of tequila, a lot of mezcal as well. Um, it's really funny, in Oaxaca, there's like these big supermarket chains which have loads of flavoured mezcals. So like over in the UK and in Australia, mezcal is this really kind of like traditional precious mm-hmm. thing. Um, but I remember being given little samples of flavoured mezcal in Mexico and being like, this is so delicious. <laughs> we can't get any of that here. Um, so yeah, Peru was working in a hostel and then went to Buenos Aires in Argentina, um, fell in love with the city, stayed for a year and a half and was working in um, cocktail bars in Argentina. Um, was there a draw to cocktails and cocktail bars? I think, or just you happened to find yourself there? Yeah, I think it was I, was, I was traveling and I wanted to continue traveling and hospitality is such an amazing industry that it is something that you can do anywhere in the world. Like there's bars in every part of the world. Um, and I would guess I was just really lucky to find jobs in like good cocktail places. Um, and so after a year and a half in Argentina, I moved back to Melbourne, um, where I started working in more kind of fancier places, I suppose. So in Melbourne, um, I worked at Eau um, which was awesome, and kind of my first kind of introduction to like the speakeasy style. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had to wear like 1920s clothes and things like that, which is really lovely. 
uh, and then was in the Kodiak Club, which is a, an American whiskey bar, which was more of a party bar, but had an amazing, amazing selection of whiskies. Um, and then I moved to Scotland. Oh boy! <laughs> so, and so I was working in the Bon Vivant up in Edinburgh. What, what drew you to Scotland? Um, I fell in love uh, with a Scottish lad. Oh, yes, that, can, that can do it. <laughs> and his visa was up, and I was like, hey, I've never been to Scotland. <coughs> so, um, I, yeah. So, what part? Uh, so, I moved to Edinburgh mm-hmm. um, for about six months, and then moved to the Isle of Isla was working in a little restaurant there because I wanted to learn about whiskey and I thought you know there's what eight distilleries Mm. on Isla um so I was like hey go there learn learn about it like on my days off go and visit a distillery so I worked there for a summer and then moved to Glasgow um worked at the Kelvin Grove Cafe which is awesome and then moved down to London Mm-hmm. So, which was always with a love of whiskey. Yeah, I love whiskey. And working with whiskey, <laughs> I do too. Um, it's really good because, like, Mr. Black goes really well with whiskey. So it's just this, like, um, in kind of like a Manhattan. If you add a bit of Mr. Black in as well, it's just makes it a bit like smoother and complex. So. And I've heard a rumor that you've done very well in some whiskey competitions. <laughs> yeah, I, I came. I entered the Glenfiddich Malt Mastermind twice. Um, and I came second two years in a row, <laughs> so which is awesome. Like um, it's such a great learning experience. And Mark Thompson, who's the ambassador, is an amazing, amazing man. Um, and got to so the first first year I entered. So Ali Reynolds won, and we got to go up to the distillery Fantastic. together. The first year you entered, you came in second. Yeah, fabulous. It was, it was really uh-huh. fun. Um, so got to go to the distillery, which was awesome, and stay in the house and go out in the town. Um, there's not that much to do in the town. I remember we except walked, for drink whiskey. <laughs> yeah, we walked into this tiny, tiny little pub. I think every single person like turned and looked at us when we walked in, um, and we discovered a, an old bottle of yogurt bowls on the back bar. And so we were playing oh darts and drinking yogurt bowls. <laughs> it was probably that was probably very dusty that yeah. bottle in the back. No one knows how long it had been there for. <laughs> Oh gosh, and then the next year um, was really fun. So I came second again, um, and the other two finalists, so Michael Cameron, who won, and Dan Berger, who came third, were both really good friends of mine. So we all got to go up together. Mm-hmm. It was great. It was just like a mini holiday with my And dust off that bottle. Of- <laughs> <laughs> I think we finished it the first time. <laughs> I mean, why my head was pounding the next day. <laughs> well, since we're talking ba- about cocktails again, mm-hmm. let's go back to the cocktails yep. and how they the coffee cocktails have grown since you know, white Russian and espresso yeah. martini, even though espresso martini was, of course, such a cutting edge yeah. drink. So, I mean, I, I love an espresso martini, and I think it's kind of one of those, like, guilty pleasures. Um, a lot of bartenders will kind of be like, oh, you know, because it's just one of those drinks that when somebody sees it, they instantly want one. So if you're working a bar, all of a sudden you'll get swamped with orders for espresso martinis. Oh. Um, but and, and white Russian's delicious as well I tend to kind of use nut milks in mine rather than like heavy cream and stuff just so you can have a couple more and not feel as guilty <laughs> but because Mr. Black has that kind of the bitterness of real coffee it can be used as like a, a bitter so mm. things like Manhattans and Negronis if you cut down the amount of sweet vermouth and add Mr. Black in it does just make it more kind of complex and rich 
Um, so it's not all about, I guess, the the coffee flavor. It's as no, I guess well, using the coffee as as, so, kind as of, an enhance, enhancer, yeah. kind of. Well, I mean, coffee coffee's amazing. Um, there's more flavor compounds in coffee than in wine. It's just depending on how where, where the coffee comes from, how it's roasted, um, the like the brewing method that you use. You're going to be able to get so many different flavors. You know, from like super kind of green vegetable notes to stone fruits to licorice to toffee and just kind of everything uh, in between. So, like, uh, Mr. Black Sour, so kind of like, as you would make an amaretto sour, Mm -hmm. but with Mr. Black instead, tastes like um, cola lollies, which is something that I never expected, and then Mm. we, you know, someone made one for me, and I was like, you know, kind of mind blown, almost. Um, Has it been hard to, um, I guess, train, in inverted commas, um, bartenders to the wonders of this and and the different uses a little bit um like I said before I think coffee liqueur kind of has like a bad rap um but I'm really lucky in the fact that I have a product which is genuinely delicious <laughs> so you know I just get people to taste it um and that gen- that you know nine times out of ten mm-hmm. that will that will kind of convince them to what they can use and um you know I'll go to a lot of bars and I'll ask them to to make me a drink you know like hey can you make me a like a Harvard but can you add this in in uh, like a little bit of Mr. Black in instead of your vermouth um and then when they taste it they're just kind of like oh wow you know I wasn't expecting that which is awesome seeing that little surprise on their faces and it must be great to have kind of a clean slate because it's not an old brand mm-hmm. you know you have this clean slate of making new cocktails that no one has expectations about so yeah. it isn't like you know with the whiskeys that have mm-hmm. been around for hundreds and hundreds of years you know people expect a certain taste I yeah. don't know you know they have expectations with this there really aren't so it's yeah like it's I introducing mean, people it's really fun a part of my job is to come up with kind of uh, kind of standard serves or signature serves and things like that um, which is always really fun because I try and do things a little bit differently. So um, it kind of gives people an opportunity to see that it can be used in so many different ways. Um, Martin at the American Bar at the Savoy came up with a cocktail for London Cocktail Week last year, which used sherry and champagne mm-hmm. with Mr. Black, um, which was incredible. Like the, the acidity from the champagne went so well with uh, the coffee, like the acidity in the coffee, and then with the sherry, it had the nuttiness kind of tying it all together. Um, so, it, you know, talking to people about a champagne cocktail with coffee liqueur is not something that would generally come to people's minds. Because they're not thinking of it as a bitter, really. No. Right. Mm. So, mm. that's really cool, kind of like with my trainings and things, talking to people about coffee as a flavour. You know, we spend so much time and effort actually making and sourcing our coffee. You know, that's going to be the, the main the main focus on what we do and how you can use those flavors. So what are some of the cocktails you've thought of? <laughs> I'm sure there are hundreds, but maybe you could tell us about one or two. Yeah, of course. Um, so I've done, gosh, one of my favorites um, is called a Bee and She, um, which is using Fino Sherry, uh, Mr. Black, uh, Black and Walnut Bitters, and a dash of Tabasco as well, um, which is really lovely. So you've got this beautiful dry sherry, and you've got the richness of the Mr. Black, the bitters to kind of balance it and then just a tiny dash of Tabasco which just gives it a really lovely heat at the end um, which is really nice 
kind of like a pear teethy. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? I've got another one. So I love Ribena. Um, so I try and make drinks with Ribena. I've got one which is tequila, uh, lime, Mr. Black, and Ribena. Kind of like a oh margarita-esque drink. Which is that I really want to try. Yeah, it's it's really lovely, like really fresh, and again, black currant and coffee are two flavors mm. which just go so well together. When you say it, it sounds so obvious, mm. especially because they're both two little. They kind of look alike. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know a little coffee cherry, uh-huh. you know? and I can see how that ribena mm. could go well with coffee. No, it's uh-huh. really nice. Um, I've done a couple of like kind of hot drinks as well, which go down well in the UK, the weather being what it is. <laughs> so one I make is kind of a, a twist on a Mexican a cafe de olla. Um, so with mezcal, like brown sugar and cinnamon, uh, and like hot filter coffee in Mr. Black. So that kind of extra coffee punch, um, which is really lovely. It's yeah, it's like. Delicious. <laughs> well, you are making me so thirsty. So I think we need to go to the bar and have one of these drinks. Sounds so good. I really want to thank you for, for coming along. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much to Alex for introducing us to Mr. Black. Ask your local if they have it, and if they do, try it. Next week, we travel back in time to the Roaring Twenties, when London's theatre district was the place to be. Jason Vickers and Pablo Moreno have the champagne on ice for us at the Waldorf Astoria's Miss Homage Bar. Until next time, bottoms up. For more information and links to everything you've heard about, plus a bit more, please visit bestbitsworldwide.com. Thanks for listening to Best Sips Worldwide, a spin-off of Best Bits Worldwide. Always remember the wise words of Oscar Wilde, all things in moderation, including moderation, and never drink and drive. Okay, I said that last part. Theme music is by Stephen Shapiro and used with permission. You'll find me at the bar. <laughs>